Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Rawmakers podcast. The one-stop shop for courage, confidence and mindset building. Also bringing you all the aspects of mental health awareness, business and entrepreneurship. We are your hosts, Adam Ellis and Jason Borman of the Rawmakers Coaching. Now tonight, we're very, very lucky because we've got our amazing guest on. Um, her name is Karen and she's from Glasgow in Scotland. Uh, she's been in education for 21 years and she's been a primary teacher for 17 years, I believe. Um, she's a coach. Uh, mainly working with parents and teenagers and helping them rebuild those relationships um, and even making the relationships stronger and stronger, which is very noble work. So I'm very excited to have, have her on because um, it sort of links with what we're doing with our courage and confidence stuff. And yeah, I'm excited. So without further ado, Everybody, this is Karen. Hello, Karen. How are you? Hi, Jason. How are you? Yeah, good. Good stuff. Uh, so I'll give you a little bit of an intro there, but if you want to kind of elaborate and just tell your story from your point of view, and um, that'd be great. Yeah. So yeah, as Jason uh, has quite um oh god, my mind's went blank there. As Jason's actually kind of already said, um I've been in education for 21 years. Um I started off as a classroom assistant actually, so it's like a, a classroom as a like helper. Yeah. And then so I did that for four years and then I got the chance to do the postgrad in teaching. Um, while I was still working so I did that and became a, a qualified primary teacher so I've been in primary teaching now 17 years um, and just over the last couple of years felt as if I really wanted to kind of try something new so fell into kind of a coaching um, and I'm now coaching with parents and teenagers so and like you said it's kind of a, at the minute it's it's about building um, the connections back up between parents and teenagers, you know, I think just even in, in the last couple of years, obviously, maybe as a result of the pandemic, there's been a lot of disconnection, I think, within families um, and a lot of parents really needing support with supporting their teenagers with a, a range of different things. Obviously, going back to school, feeling overwhelmed, I think, with, you know, the pressures of being back in um in the kind of a school building um, still obviously having to kind of a go through the process of prelims and exams and everything so and a lot of um, teenagers at the minute seem to be struggling with social anxiety and you know really losing their confidence in, in areas where they were previously confident so um, it's working with teenagers at the minute but also supporting parents and their role as a parent um, and creating that kind of a strengthening that connection again so that you know there's a, a much more positive healthier relationship so yeah yeah absolutely that's 
really resonated with me because um, I've been a youth worker. Um, um, I've been heavily involved with scouts for quite a few years now. Um, I'm a scout leader, so I kind of really get that. Mainly I work with the younger children, but um, I have experienced like quite a few scouts uh, interactions. So they are kind of your older children. So mm -hmm. yeah, and I can I pretty much see a lot of that sort of stuff going on. So tell us what got you into that? You know, what, what has drove your passion into coaching? Uh, yeah, look, I think actually as much as I love my teaching job and I've always loved it and actually just up until a couple of years ago I'd always really settled for the idea of you know retiring as a teacher and then you know we, we hit lockdown and, and I started a couple of courses and one was a kind of a spiritual type course but the other one was more to do with the coaching side of things and and that kind of a planted a seed I think about you know being able to work from home um and spend time with my kids and be present for them a bit more and and then you know by going into coaching it would still allow me obviously to make a difference in people's lives so as much as I love my teaching job I feel you know that there's there's only so much you can actually do with them within the actual education system because there's not really a great room for touching them and reaching out to them in a way that actually is making a difference at the minute. So we're still having to teach them all the, the, the subject areas within the curriculum. Um, but for me at the minute, especially in the last couple of years anyway, they're, you know, they're definitely needing more support when it comes to their mental health and well-being. Um, and really, you know, more support with learning really how to connect with themselves a bit more as opposed to connecting you know with the external world and comparing themselves to everybody around about them and all that kind of stuff you know so which obviously is having an impact on their their mental health so that for me at the minute what I've seen in the last couple of years is that they seem to be caught in this kind of a cycle of you know, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, their anxiety is building. And it's all part of, for me anyway, I believe it's all part of, you know, comparing themselves to other people, but also the kind of impact of social media, you know, on, on teenagers. When I was a teenager, we didn't have all, you know, that additional external pressure coming from social media. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's, that, that's what kind of led me, I think, into the idea of coaching um, and I've, I've so far I've been coaching um, teen girls actually teen and preteen girls and um, I've just loved it I've loved seeing the transformation in them and you know gaining the confidence actually and building up their, their self-belief and especially when it came to exams and stuff um, passed their exams and and they've now they're either leaving school to go to college or university so just absolutely loving it um, and loving the opportunity, actually, um, of getting to kind of reach them in a way that's that's needed for them and in a way that's making a difference for them. Absolutely. So, so, so good. Uh, and become even more and more powerful once you learn NLP, what, um, um, emotional intelligence. Right? If you yeah. can get that into schools, oh, my God. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. There's such a, there's so much scope for even, you know, EFT and stuff like that, bringing all that into schools. Um, and as you've just already said, like the NLP side of things, kids would absolutely thrive on having all that knowledge and understanding and those kind of a skills and techniques in order to manage their thinking and their 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 feelings. That's the, that's the, the weird thing, isn't it? More emphasis is placed on things outside of us, you know, rather than school being about learning who the hell a human is. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, what does a human, being a human mean? Like, yeah. you know, so yeah. many so many children go through all these emotions and feel bad for having these emotions when they're just part of being human. Yeah. I suppose it's more emphasis on the parents to kind of say that sort of stuff to them and, you know, it's okay to feel this way or that way. And mm-hmm. um, I guess with the teachers as well, when they get five minutes to have individual kind of, you know, one-on-one time with their students, you know, because I imagine it's quite stressful, you know, dealing with the whole group dynamic and all of that. Yeah. Um, even you know, managing, even if teachers got taught it, you know, on teacher training days, yeah, they could filter some of that information down. Um, I was saying this to Suzanne Bate in a few episodes ago in the uh, on the podcast. We had Suzanne Bate who's who's been through the education system. She's then gone on to become a head teacher, and she's done that for a number of years now. And I was even saying this sort of stuff to her, like. We need to get emotional intelligence, you know, into teacher training. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So at least not for that can be filtered down, you know, yeah. into, into that. Yeah, and I think even like that, you know, for me anyway, I think the the emotional intelligence stuff, and even like the EFT and the NLP, it's not just you know about putting that in place for for this the, the kids. It's obviously you know the staff would massively benefit from having all that as well, uh, you know, in order to manage their own kind of a you know their own emotions around trying to manage you know big classes with you know various challenges and different needs so you know it would actually benefit everybody within a school to have these modalities put in place you know somewhere even within the health and well-being part of the curriculum um it would be huge it would have a huge impact on them um right through the school because i mean you can obviously even with eft you you could introduce that as early as primary one you know and they are only four and five but you know, we introduced brain gym, which was another type of thing, you know, and brain breaks and stuff. We introduced all that in primary one. The kids just, when they're when they're exposed to it at an early age, they just, you know, they soak it all in. They take it all in and soak it up. And, they, and you know, they just go with the flow type thing. So, you know, I think if we could build that in from primary one and build on it right through, you know, even through from primary into high school, then, you know, when they get to the teenage years, they wouldn't be struggling as much because they would have all these tools in place for you know managing things and a better understanding actually of the fact that you know everybody has these emotions and it's absolutely fine no matter whether you know you're at the top end of the the emotional guidance scale or at the bottom that they're all valid emotions and we're all okay to have them you know and it's about not staying in the kind of a bottom half of the scale too long. It's about finding ways of actually moving up the scale so that you're in a better, you know, a place of feeling better and thinking better. And I think, you know, 
I no. had the opportunity actually in the last couple of years just to teach some of the classes that I was working with about the emotional guidance scale and about how it's really important to even be able to identify where you are on it and, and come up with, you know, like an emotional toolkit type idea where you've got things in place to help you manage certain emotions. And the kids absolutely loved it. So um, I think it's just generally more valuable for them, like you know, yeah. to take away and use in their own lives. And, yeah. You know, Definitely. Like, and I think self-awareness for me anyway, for, for adults and children is the is the key to anything. You know, and it, obviously when you talk about these things, kids do become more self-aware of how they're feeling and why they're feeling a certain way. And and when you obviously when they kind of get to a stage where they can understand, you know, that your thoughts affect how you feel and how you feel affects, you know, what you do in life and the actions you take, and they then have a knock-on effect in the habits they create. When they when they're kind of a drip fed that in a way that makes sense to them, and you know, they're exposed to those concepts early on, then it, it just sets them up, you know, it puts them in, in a much better position. Um, to actually handle the big emotions when they do come up. Absolutely. So, yeah, Adam, have you got a question for Catherine? Right. No, you have a few. What's been your biggest challenges? As a coach. As a coach. As a coach. Probably, actually, at the minute, I'm finding it tough trying to find, you know, the kind of a, the parents that are actually able or willing to kind of, uh, you know, engage in the idea of coaching. I think there's still a huge amount of parents out there that maybe don't understand what coaching involves and, that, you know, they're not quite sure, um, you know, of the impact that it can have on their teenagers and on, you know, the family as a whole because the teenagers I've actually worked with, you know, although I had the, the opportunity to help make a difference with them, it also had a knock-on effect, a ripple effect, if you like, with other members within the family. So I think for me at the minute, it's about, you know, getting the message out there that coaching is, you know, one of these um, modalities that actually can make a difference, not just for the teenagers that you're working with, but also for the parents, you know, and, and even siblings within the family. So at the minute, I'm still trying to kind of find the people that are looking for for that that kind of support for either their teenagers or themselves yeah. but yeah that's probably one of the biggest challenges it's like you know you know there's hundreds and you know thousands of teenagers out there and you know they're all in this position and parents are obviously out there and they are probably looking for support they maybe just don't know where to look you know where to start and it's obviously from my point of view it's maybe about me becoming a bit more visible you know so that parents can actually find coaches like myself um in order to kind of access the support that they're looking for it's building awareness isn't it and yeah Yeah. so that you can be this beacon for everyone to come to you and receive this level of support absolutely yeah um, in terms of courage, what sort of, you know, how have you used sort of courage over the last sort of year in particular, like, to really move you on, move you into this new kind of um, area of work, basically, and, you know, making this transition? What's that been like for you? 
So actually, when 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 obviously you had your your um, podcast set up and things, and I thought, you know, courage and confidence has actually played a huge part in my journey because I was always, you know. I grew up in the, the area where children were seen and not heard, or that was the belief at the time, you know, by generations of like parents and grandparents and, you know, aunties and uncles and stuff. And so I very much grew up as, a, you know, a child who was very much a people pleaser, very quiet, you know, did what I was told, you know, met everybody's expectations, did really well at school. Um, seemed really confident, I think. You know, people that I've spoken to a way back from when I was younger, you know, they the impression they got that was that I had all, you know, all together, that I was, you know, I had loads of confidence. I was quietly or confidently, you know, sure about myself. But when I think back to kind of how I felt going through my teenage years, that's not how I felt on the inside. Oh, maybe that's what I portrayed on the outside, but in the inside, it was a completely different story. So I think obviously doing, you know, a couple of years back, having that aha moment about, you know, oh, there must be more to life than this and what's life really all about and why am I here and what's my, you know, what am I really meant to be doing here? When I kind of started digging into all of that, um, one of the things that cropped up was the amount of fear I had around different things and all these limiting beliefs. And so for me, especially probably in the last year, you know, it's for me, a big part of my own journey has, has been about just, you know, embracing the kind of a fear and finding the courage to push through it and really, and then, you know, part of learning, you know, doing the accreditation with TCM was, you know, the realisation that con- you can't wait for confidence, you know, to come to, uh, to us. You know, it, it's only gained, if you like, by doing the things that you're actually scared of. And, you know, that was a huge, huge realisation for me that, you know, you can't keep putting things off until you feel more confident because it's never going to happen. So when we did the training about, the, you know, the confidence comes with competence, that really... That was just mind blowing for me because I had, you know, I was one of those people who put things off until I felt confident. And so the courage and the confidence side of things for me has been massive, you know, and it's obviously finding the courage and and, and pushing through even to do things like this, you know, with yourself and Adam, this has been huge. And, and I think, you know, once you've done it and realised that it's never as bad as you think it is, you know, the fear is obviously a story that we live by, you know, because we believe it to be true and stuff like that. But once we actually push through it and do it, face the fear and embrace it and realise that actually it's okay, you know, it's it's fine to have that fear, but it's not fine to let it control your, your, your or your life. And so for me, it's been huge. It's actually, it's just so liberating, I think, when you've pushed through the, the fears and the, you know, the the nerves and stuff like that, and you just do the thing because you feel amazing after it. And this is the thing that I'm trying to get across to young people. You know, it's okay to have that fear, but just don't let it control you. You know, don't let it hold you back. You've just got to, you know, face it, push through it. I think, like, that sort of dynamic, you know, with teenagers, they don't want to be vulnerable, do they? Like, that's the worst thing in the world is to be vulnerable. So... But maybe that's the message that needs to go out that vulnerability is okay. Absolutely. And that's the thing that like even younger, when I first started teaching children, you know, 
they, they were so scared to make mistakes. But now, you know, with growth mindset and everything coming in through schools, we're teaching children from, you know, the, the, the word go, like as soon as they come into school, we teach them that it's fine to make mistakes because you learn from them. And it, that we yeah, get... Part of the way to success, you know, yeah. like... Uh, um... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we we actually celebrate it. Like we we call them, you know, marvelous mistakes, and and we celebrate make mistakes because you know it's it takes you that step closer, as you say, to being successful and actually you know maybe learning um something that you're wanting to learn or be good at. So that's it. Because until you make the mistake, it's up in the air, isn't it, about whether it will be a mistake or won't be a mistake. Yeah. But absolutely if you've done something and it's a mistake well done you've just checked something off the list that you won't bother trying again yeah absolutely but, you know what i mean and it, or you just try it a different way and you know you tried one way that didn't work so like yeah try a different way yeah absolutely and i think even for teachers you know there's there was obviously a lot of pressure on teachers maybe even actually we put it on ourselves you know to always have the answers to everything you know and you can't there's times when you don't know the answers to questions that kids ask you and and so you know we're in a much better position now to kind of admit that we maybe at the time don't know the answer but it's absolutely okay you know and we now that we, we've realized we don't know the answer we'll go and find out the answer you know and even when we make mistakes you know we don't try and cover it up and hide it we can have a you know, we, we kind of uh, allow the kids to kind of recognise that we've made a mistake, but that's okay. You know, so it's... And I've known teachers who have the opposite view and kick people out because they've told them they're wrong. Or, yeah. You know, Which like is a shame. And things like that. And, uh, yeah, it's just... Yeah. It's just, and that's, you know, something... Again, it's... You know, it comes back to that, you know, self-awareness, awareness of self. Yeah. All that goes on within ourselves. It's, yeah. You know, is the ego present right now? Um, yeah. Or is it, you know, or are you in a place of possibility, anything's possible? Yeah. And the sad thing is, you know, the thing that you've just mentioned about, you know, maybe a child questioning a teacher or, you know, maybe saying, you know, you're, you're that's not right. And then, you know, in some way being punished for that, you know, that's something that, that stays with a child f- for a long, long time, you know, possibly for, for the biggest part of their life. And what they learn then is, you know, that when they speak their truth, they're punished for it. So, you know, they learn not to speak their truth. They learn to keep their opinions to themselves. You know, they learn... To not speak I up. Like more. Yeah. Yeah. So that's survive, and that's sad. Yeah, absolutely. Which is probably actually partly where the fear of public speaking comes in for a lot of people. You know, it's this fear of what will happen if I say, you know, if I speak my truth, what will happen if I question things? Because we've been so used to being shut down, I think, at an early age. You know, whether that's been intentional or not, but that's that's the result, you know, when we're told, you know, to be quiet and stuff like that, then you do learn. It's never intentional, is it? It's like it's the teacher doing the best with what they with what they know at the time. Yeah. It doesn't mean that that's correct or like, or that's the best for the actual everyone involved. Right? Yeah. And it's in that moment, they're not thinking of everybody. They're thinking of, their own ego getting hurt. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I think actually, even awareness of the ego, you know, I think everybody benefits from having that knowledge and understanding because it's it plays such a huge role. Ego is sometimes good. Like we need the ego to make ourselves feel better, like yeah. about ourselves. Mm-hmm. But what when it's not good is when we're in that teaching environment and we need to be available to learn as well while we're teaching off the people we're teaching yeah because if we're not listening to constructive criticism if we're not listening to ways that we can improve yeah um, we can learn a lot from children like you know i've learned a lot from children yeah and how to be patient how to be you know understanding how to communicate in lots of different ways because every child learns differently yeah uh, how to explain things a different way maybe they're not getting it the way I'm explaining it you know Yeah. Um, for me I think that this generation of kids are actually here to really teach us about you know what it means actually to just kind of simplify everything even in, when you've just said there about you know explaining things sometimes you know I've, I've even been in that position where I've tried to explain a concept to a child and they, they've just, you know, for some reason not understood, you know, they haven't got it. And then, you know, somebody, one of their peers or a wee friend will say, you just do this and, and that and you and then you do that and then they go, all right. And I'll say, did you understand that? And they say, yeah. And I'll say, but that's what I was trying to say to you. And they're like, no, that's not what you were saying. So, and, and again, you know, they just simplify everything. They just make things so much you know less complicated and for me I'm always learning every day learning from the children you know and I've always I've kind of explicitly said to them you know I might be older a lot older and I might be the teacher but sometimes you're the teacher and you don't realize it because I'm always learning from you so it's not that it's just me I'm not the only teacher in here you know there's times where the kids are actually teaching me stuff so and they love that. They love that idea that they're actually the teachers for a change. And I'm, you know, swapping roles. I'm in the position where I'm the learner. So, Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Kids, you know, kids are into their stuff and, you know, parents aren't going to know what, what it's all about. And, yep. you know, teachers aren't going to know what it's all about, but they can teach us, if you know what I mean, or like what mm-hmm. new things are. And this comes back to NLP, right? Knowing that everyone has their own map. And the map is not the territory. So what that means is everyone's got their perspective on yeah. a of a terrain of, of a what's out there. Like, but what's out there doesn't equal someone's map. Yeah, definitely. Because and that's the thing, you know. Things and yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it would help so much, so much. So to kind of wrap this up then, like how can people get in contact with you if they want to work with you, if they have a teenager, if they have a young person and they are a parent and yeah. struggling with that relationship, how can they um how can they find you? Okay, so I'm on Facebook. I'm also on um I'm on Facebook actually. I've got a Facebook group as well. It's called Conscious Parents Confident Teens or Connected Teens, sorry. Conscious Parents Connected Teens. So I'm on Facebook. I've also, um, I've got an account on Instagram and I've also got an account on LinkedIn. Um, 
and I've got my own wee Facebook group, as I said. So I'm on all of those platforms. I can obviously send you um, the links, Jason, if you need any links for anything. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll put your handles in and stuff. Um, yeah. Um, that would be super. How do you say your last name? That's always a thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had, honestly, I've had even the kids sometimes in, in school, they're getting the hang of it now, but for a long time they were um, mispronouncing it and stuff. But And they actually reverted back to my maiden name. So it, my, my, my married name is Colhoun. So it's... Colhoun. Yes, yeah. I know it looks strange. It looks like Colcohoun. Yeah. But um, the Q is obviously silent in it, so it's Colhoun. But my maiden name was Cummings, and they, so they sometimes, the kids, when they're struggling to say Colhoun, they just refer back to Miss Cummings, which is fine, I don't mind. But yeah, it's Colhoun. Colhoun. Colhoun, yeah. Karen Colhoun, everybody. So if you want to get <laughs> um, and find her on Facebook, it's not spelt like that, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll put in the description how to spell oh, yeah. it. Uh, yeah, they'll be able to find you if they want to work with you. Yes, that would be lovely. Uh, Fantastic. Thank you very much for coming on tonight. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you and hearing your insights into, you know, all things, you know, life of a child, basically, life of a teenager growing up in Britain at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. It resonated is- quite a lot of what you've said and, yeah. Let's you know form a partnership at some point, and yeah, we'll move. We've got big plan, big goals. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good. Creating an impact in the world, especially with the young people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, young people and their parents. So, so, so we're always going to end this the same way. So, let's draw that courage, build up that confidence, and get back our roar. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.